Hi, friends, and welcome to another broadcast of Faith Life with Pastor Earl and Friends. And I trust that we are friends of the Lord Jesus Christ, and our desire is to fellowship together like this as we study the Word of God. We're studying the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ. We'll be in chapter 20 today talking about his millennial reign on earth. What an incredible study we'll see in Revelation 20. How Satan's going to be bound. Praise the Lord for that. And there'll be a thousand year reign of Christ on the earth. And then he'll be loosed for a season. Let me bring all this into context. Chapter 1 things that thou hast seen, that is the glorified Jesus, the person and work of Christ. Chapters two and three, the church era, and that we're seeing the last two are Philadelphia, the word-keeping church, and then there's the lukewarm church. And I trust that you are not being a part of being a lukewarm Christian that your soul is on fire for God. Also, in chapter 4 and 5, it's an interlude. It shows us heaven's administration, the throne of God. In chapter 5, there's a scroll that tells us that the um, Lord is going to open up these seals and that will unleash the tribulation chapter 6 to 18 chapter 6 to 18 chapter 4 is a portrait of the rapture where the hereafter john is caught up into the heavens to be with jesus and we will be raptured i believe prior to the tribulation we will be raptured prior to the tribulation that's that seven year period the time of jacob's trouble the 70th week of daniel a period of seven years divided by three and a half and three and a half and the latter part being the great tribulation at the end of that christ will come in glory comes at the rapture for his saints, and then he'll come with his saints in glory, riding a white horse, and we'll be riding with him. What a glorious day that will be, and he will be fighting the Antichrist and his armies, and he will win. So after that, we have chapter 19 is Christ coming in glory, and chapter 20 will begin today. This broadcast is brought to you by two of our lady sponsors. There is Kelly, who is a great realtor. If you need to buy or sell a house, you want to contact her, 443-955-2465. That's Kelly Shockey, 443 955-2465. And then if you're going through a difficult time and you just need some uh, help, spiritual help, with your mind, with your heart, with your emotions, then call Tina Boblitz, 
at Life Hope Counseling, okay? At Light Hope Counseling. And she can help you out. 410-415-4225. Call Tina. Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 and following. And I saw an angel come down from heaven. No ordinary angel. They're ministering spirits. Hebrews chapter 1 talks about them. But this is a mighty powerful one, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. It tells us that Christ is the one that holds the keys. And so here, the bottomless pit is the abyss. It is the abode of Satan and his demons. It's the place where all the vile, vicious, horrible things are uh, conjured up. And this is the bottomless pit. So the angel Um, comes down from heaven and he has the key to the bottomless pit because God is sovereign and has all authority and he has a great chain in his hand where he's about to do something. He's about to chain up the devil who has been running rampant and causing all kind of pain and heartache and suffering in this world. And it says he laid hold of the dragon. In chapter 12, we see Satan as the red dragon. He's called that old serpent, that old being from the time of of the Garden of Eden where he deceived Eve. It says, which is the devil and Satan, that slanderer, that Diablo? And he bound him for a thousand years. That'd be great just to have some relief from this monster called Satan. And I trust that you realize that he is the one behind all of the wickedness and all. He goes about as a roaring lion, 1 Peter 5, 8. And sometimes he transforms himself, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, as an angel of light. And he cast him into the bottomless pit or the abyss and shut him up and set a seal upon him. I'm adding the word hallelujah. That he should deceive the nations no more. He is the one that causes nations and leaders to do very wicked things. It says he's going to be there for a thousand years until the thousand years should be fulfilled. That's the millennial reign of Christ on the earth. And after that, he must be loosed for a little season. Verse four, and I saw thrones and they that sat upon them. As we see these thrones, most likely they're the same ones mentioned in chapters four and five where the 24 elders, the administration of heaven, sit on them. Not the great powerful diadema throne that only our Lord sits on, but they were given also authority to judge. It tells us in 
John 5, that we will judge the world. It says, And judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. These souls are those tribulation saints. Again, people say, will be people be saved during the tribulation? Yes, but it will cost them their lives as they refuse the mark of the beast. They refuse to worship him. And because of that, they will be hunted down and they will be headed. But their souls cry out according to chapter 6 under the altar of God. But they're there for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God. My dear friend, be faithful and true to Jesus, no matter how hostile it gets out there. These are the ones that had not worshipped the beast, neither had his, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads, according to chapter 13 of Revelation. And if you receive that mark and you come under the Antichrist system, there will be then no chance for you to be saved. They had that mark in their foreheads and in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. These who had not received that particular mark of the beast. So, my dear friend, be faithful and loyal to Jesus, and I believe that he will protect you. I will believe I believe that he will rapture you if you're um before the tribulation begins and afterward just don't receive that mark but it will cost your life it says the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were fulfilled so obviously there is a resurrection at the beginning of the millennium so that many believers can enjoy this time on the earth It says, this is the first resurrection. I believe that this will include the Old Testament saints. You may disagree with that, but I believe that they are separate from the church, the body of Christ. I believe also that Israel is separate. Israel and the church are not the same. Some theologies believe they are, but I do not according to what I see the Word of God teaches. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. Later on in the chapter, we will see that once a person is in the lake of fire, that's called the second death. But the terrible part about that is that you won't die a death. It'll be just torment forever and ever. And I don't want that for you. So come to Jesus. He doesn't want that for you either. It says such as the second death had no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Remember, we are a kingdom of priests, a kingdom of priests. We saw that, I believe, in chapter 1. 
It says, and when a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison, out of the abyss. And verse 8, he will still have his death throw, as it were, as you cut off the head of a snake and you see it's still moving. He should go out to deceive the nations because there's still poison in him, which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog. These areas are north primarily of Israel and Gog and Magog most likely um, some confederation of Russia and other nations like that. Gog many times is referred as the leader of this. It says to gather together to battle, the number of which is as the sand of the sea. So there will be during the millennium we will be with Christ in the holy city and the surrounding area around that. But in the outskirts, there will be these rogue nations still in rebellion against God. They will meet their fate, as we'll see soon. It says they did this, this rebellious act in verse 9. And they went up on the breadth of the earth, encompassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. Beloved city is, of course, Jerusalem. But God, as he did with Sodom and Gomorrah, rained fire down on them. This is not the same event of Ezekiel 38 and 39, though it appears to be the same. Here, they're just annihilated by fire coming down from heaven. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, it takes months to bury the dead. This will be an instantaneous death of these rebels against God. The fire comes down from God out of heaven and devoured them. Verse 10, and the devil that deceived them because he began in the garden with Eve and he's trying to deceive many today. The only thing that can break his deception is the truth of God, the word of God, the spirit of God. So. As I'm sharing these truths with you today, deception can be broken and you can become a child of God. So the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the final place of torment. There is death, there is hell or Hades. Hades is not the real proper term. Hell is the proper term. It's the intermediate state prior to the lake of fire. It says, into the lake of fire and brimstone, where the beast and false prophet are. And thank God those two wicked, wicked individuals who uh, created such a mess and hurt so many believers, tribulation saints, and and killed so many of them. Now they meet their final 
faint as they are in the lake of fire, and they shall be tormented day and night. So see, it's not where they die, but it's they'll be tormented day and night forever and ever. They tormented a lot of people, and now God says you will receive your just desserts, as it were, as they will be punished forever and ever. And the word means into the ages of the ages. As we get down to verse 11, it says, And I saw a great white throne. This great white throne is not, I believe, the same throne of Revelation 4 and 5. Neither is it the Mima seat, where the, it's called the judgment seat of Christ, where believers will be judged. This is not the same. This is somewhere in space. There's this great white throne judgment. And it says, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. I believe that Christ is the one that is on this throne. For John 5 tells us that judgment is given unto the Son in chapter 5, verse 22. So it says, the heaven and earth fled away. Earth and heaven fled away. We know also that in 2 Peter chapter 3, that the old heavens and the old earth are going to be consumed by fire. 2 Peter chapter 3, they'll melt with fervent heat. The elements melt with fervent heat, 2 Peter 3.10. It says, and there was found no place for them. No place for them to live. No place for them to live luxuriously. No place for them to have power. No place for them to manipulate all those that are on the earth. That's the wicked. And so we see this in the scriptures. Verse 12. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. Man has run around as if there is no God to be responsible to, to worship, to bow their knee to. Well, here we find them standing before God. The standing is the posture of someone as if they're in a courtroom. And it says, and the books, plural, were opened. I believe that one of these books or some of these books were books which record our works. You see, works do not save someone. Our works just describe how we lived our lives according to our faith. Then it would be good works according to the filth of our unregenerate heart. They would be evil works. So God judges us by the fruit of our life, not just by our verbal confession. It says, And the dead were judged out of those things were written in the books according to their works. Do you see that? But here we know that there is another book, and that book is called 
the book of life. Some call it the Lamb's book of life. Let me read about that. It says, and another book is open, which is the book of life. I believe that's the role of all those that are saved. All those that are saved. As we get into the next verse, though, it says they were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. But if you have received Christ, your name will be written indelibly in the what we call the Lamb's Book of Life, the recorded place of all true believers. I want your name to be there. It says, And the sea gave up the dead which were in them, verse 13, and death and hell, or Hades, or the intermediate um, places of the lost dead, delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire, that's the final place of torment for the lost, for those that have rejected Christ, for the wicked. This is the second death. But it tells you if you receive Christ, the second death has no power on you. And whoever, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We read in Luke 16 about the rich man and Lazarus, how he was tormented in a flame. That was that intermediate area. Never be annihilated, just tormented forever, cast into the lake of fire. And today, as we close this broadcast, God does not want any of you to perish, but to all to come to repentance. So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. If the Holy Spirit has convicted your heart and convinced you that Jesus is Lord, the Bible says if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Let us pray. Pray this prayer with me. Lord, I repent of my sin. I repent of my sinful position, my sinful passions. And I receive you as my Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're listening to this broadcast, you can contact us by uh, email at charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. You may share any prayer requests or maybe you have a question. Questions might take me a while to um, get to those only because I'm just one person. And then also you can text me any prayer needs, etc. at 386-795-8494. 386-795-8494. And if the Holy Spirit puts it on your heart to give to this ministry, text me or email me, and I will let you know how you can do that so that we can expand this teaching 
of the pure word of God to many other platforms and places. We've been blessed by the amount of downloads and people listening to the broadcast, and we can expand that. Let's get this word into the world today. God bless you. This is Pastor Earl saying, I love you.